0: Good morning. Everybody doing all right today? Man, today's been an awesome. Today we had uh, three very vibrant, uh, pretty full services. All three of them have been today. Man, this is pretty cool. We got uh, we got a kind of a section here. Everybody sort of uh, pushed to the back, and everything. Everybody heard that I was spitting in the second service a lot. They're <laughs> you know, like, "Hey, warning! Just let you go sit in the back." I get that, too, because I get kind of fired up and uh, start spitting stuff and everything like that. So these lights catch every little drop that comes out of my mouth. So And we all do it, right? It all happens. But but these are highlighted, and they're like floaties, and everybody's distracted. So, um, But, man, I'm just, just playing with you, man. Everybody doing well, though, man? We got uh, great stuff going on. Uh, God is good. The Holy Spirit is alive. He is ab- absolutely present here today, uh, this morning. Um, if I haven't gotten a chance to meet y'all, we've got several new, uh, brand new uh, faces today that I have not got a chance to meet. Uh, we've had s- lots of visitors in all three services, which is real cool, and uh, man, I want wanted to be able to meet you. So uh, if you've got uh, a chance on your bulletin, you can, there's, a, there's a Connect card right there on your bulletin. You can kind of uh, pull it off, put your name there, uh, get your information there. We want to get to know you. One of the things that we uh, love to do and one of the things that God has put on our hearts to, to do as a church is to get to know people, uh, get to know your name, and you know that you are known. If, if Nick, who's uh, signing up the sign-up sheet there, by the way, appreciate that if everybody could do uh, the sign-up sheet. So we do get to know your name. We do get to pray over your name. We get Because even if oh, that's a new person, even if uh, we don't know you yet, God knows who you are, knows everything you need, and we can pray over you for those things. We want to pray over every name that's written down that we see. And the more times we see those names, the more times we become familiar with those names. And so when we finally get to see a face with a name, we're not having to go back all the time going, oh, what was your name again? Because I do that. son. we all do that, right? Like sometimes we do. But man, there is nothing sweeter than somebody hearing their own name from somebody like, oh man, you remember my name. It's so, so very, very cool. And it's one of the ways that we are wanting to be missional as a church. Like we want to be on mission reaching people for the, for the reaching people for the lord amen that 's what we 're here to do right like we 're not just going to going to go out and do cool stuff as a church, so everybody comes up and goes, Hey, you guys are a cool church, and thanks for all the service that you do we 're actually going to reach people for Jesus. did you see that spit? Just guy told you it was going to happen so Couple of things we got going on too tonight, and this is—we haven't really advertised this a whole bunch, but it is an opportunity for us to come back at five o'clock tonight here and simply worship. Like you don't have to listen to me talk. Everybody said, "Amen, Hallelujah!" Right? You don't have to do any of that. Hey, come on! I'm standing right here, man. Let me turn around so you can talk about me behind my back, okay? But, uh, but those are the things. Like we get a chance just to come. Pete's going to lead us in some worship, man. We're just going to give it up to the Lord and, and just be free. Like, we're free anyway, man. It's for freedom that Christ said is free. And we're going to be free uh, tonight at, at 5 o'clock at, at Rekindle. Also, next weekend on Saturday at from 11 o'clock to 2 o'clock, we're having something called the Back to School Splash Party. And we're going to have a, a big old water slide delivered, like a blow-up water slide. It's going to be awesome. We're going to have a slip and slide, bounce houses, snow cones, hot dogs, and more. Now, I don't know what the more is, but the more, do I know what the more is? Anybody else know what the more is fun, Holy Spirit, like, fellowship type stuff, right? So we're going to have a potluck. We're going to have, uh, if you want to bring, uh, bring a side dish, you want to bring prime rib. I'm kind of craving that lately. That's totally cool with me. Somebody told me that was uh, highly inappropriate for a pool splash party, but, you know, we're not bound by any traditions here. So we're a non-traditional church, so we'll have prime rib at the party if anybody wants to bring it. Somebody probably will now. That would be awesome. Medium rare. Um, Be cool. So bring a dish to share if you want to do that. Also, guys, if you haven't gotten this flyer, um, pick one of these up. We've got some people that will hand this out to you. Uh, they're at different stations throughout the church. Is there, is there a stack downstairs, too, for the parents of kids? Okay, but, but there are some. What's up? That? No, that's all right. That's all right. I still want to lie in church, you know. So, but thank you. Renee and, uh, Renee and Billy and uh, a team of people, actually, uh, are getting together right now. One of the things we say Whenever we baptize somebody, and by the way, we've been a church for two and a half years here, and we have baptized 78 people, which is awesome and amazing and wonderful. (laughs) But every time we do, you know, we say, hey, we're not just going to leave you, we're going to walk with you, right? Well, there are some of those people that we've lost some contact with over the last couple of years. We have a team of people that have stepped up and said, and the fosters are part of that, that say, hey, we want to reconnect, so we have gotten almost all 78 names named and contact information so we can go back and reach out and say, hey, how you doing, just in case we haven't seen them a little bit and that kind of thing. We want to be missional in absolutely everything we do, and so we want to make sure we're reaching out to folks too. But one of the things that they said, hey, we're going to do a supply drive for Edgerton Elementary. Now, I love this. Now, here's what we didn't do, and here's what the, the fosters did not do. They didn't go, let's get together a big, big backpack drive and get notebooks and pens and uh, rulers and on, you know, compasses. Do you guys use that anymore? I've, I've been, no, showing my age here. Um, protractors, no, um, what are they, the abacus, yeah, that's, yeah those things, the slide, yeah, we're going to get those things. They didn't do any of that stuff. What they did, this is radical, right? They go over to the school and they say, what do you need? And here's what they said, underwear. You know, you don't think about that stuff, right? They need boys' underwear, girls' underwear, Whole on sweats and shorts, things like that. And there's a list here. Box of clean, Kleene- like box of Kleenex. Those are things you don't think about when you think about doing a school supply drive until you actually go and ask, them, ask the teachers who come out of pocket for stuff to pay for many of these things what they actually need. And that's the thing we're going to be in a couple of weeks, going to be bringing it to the house and going to be presenting that to Edgerton Elementary because that's what they need. Amen. Is that cool? I mean, it's really cool. So thank you, fosters, for. Doing that. Thank you, Garbins, for doing what you're doing. It's the Gooches are part of that group. The Myers are part of that group. Who am I missing? I'm missing Bolins. Yeah, Boland's are part of that group. Thank you very much. And actually, started as a city group which met here on Monday nights. We were an apologetic city group, and everybody's like, we should just keep hanging out. And they did. Now they're starting to do ministry together, and who knows what the heck they're going to start doing. But it's awesome because it, we are free to fly. Right? Where God is leading us, we're going to go. Amen? You with me, New City? Got plenty of coffee, I'm telling you. Just in case you need, man, because this is going to be a strap-up because it's going to be a bumpy ride on this one here. So check that out. Um, you know, last week, we, uh, or last couple of weeks, we've been talking about this whole initiative, Will It Be Us? And I want to show you the question mark that is going to be uh, around a bunch. We're looking at getting bumper stickers, that kind of thing. And, and whenever you see this question mark, notice it's not an exclamation mark. Notice that it is not a demand for it to be us. It is, an, it is asking ourselves, will it be us? As God says, I'm going to send people, huh, I wonder who's going to be. Will it be us? Question mark, right? And so we're gonna, whenever you see that question mark, I want you to be reminded that it is not a, a demand for us to be sent. It is, a, it is God asking who's it going to be because he's going to send someone. He's going to send some people. Will it be us to reach those? And what I've been doing over the last couple of weeks is emphasizing the potential growth of our city. And, and for that reason, it was highlighted to me that we better start thinking this way because there's probably a huge mission field about to be dropped in our lap. But here's my question that was presented to me this week, and as I'm studying and thinking about this, what if that does not happen like like if there's all this projected growth, all this projected people moving here, all this big bull creek about to get 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 up that they've already started putting this construction down for that, all this commerce that's coming, all those things that are planned, dollar generals coming, what if it all ended tomorrow a big old crash of some kind economically and none of it was going to happen does that even matter does not does it see what matters is are we going to be missionaries are we going to be obedient as jesus calls us to be and so for that i want us to be thinking we're going to do this whether or not people start moving here we're going to be answering the question will it be us as god says Whom shall I send? My prayer is that we say, and it's not a requirement, but it's for us who are as a church or consider this church our church home, that we're going to say it will be us. We're going to answer that question and answer that call. Amen? New City Church is on mission. Those of us who call New City Church home are missionaries. Guys, put that up on the screen if you would, so... Make sure people spare their bulletins right. So New City Church is a mission, is on mission. Those of us who call New City Church home are missionaries. And for us to be thinking no longer that this is the church that I attend or the, the church I'm a member of, this is a mission. I am one of its missionaries for the Lord. And we gather together in the mission house once a week. On Sunday mornings, and use it throughout the week for other things. Amen. So I have, like it's a different way of of looking at things, and it's a radical departure from the American church mindset, isn't it? Isn't it? I love I love answers when I ask questions. Just 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 telling you, man. I like, I dig it. See, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about our thinking and how we must no longer consider the church we attend. But the mission that this is the church we attend, but the mission we're on. And last week we talked about the the funding of the mission and what that looks like biblically and what that looks like practically. And we defined reality where we are and where we want to want to be, right? And today we want to explore some of the ways Jesus Himself said to be on mission and the kind of disposition and the kind of mindset and the kind of heart that we're to have. Now here's the thing, when I when, when I when I talk, talk start talking about being a missional church or having a missionary mindset people automatically go man I've got to make some radical changes in my life and today and there will be radical shifts in our thinking in our hearts but it's not us that's making those changes it's letting God do that in us and so for us what we've got to be thinking is not um not like oh man I got to get a new program I got to study this I got to get these developed these new habits it's like submitting ourselves to God and to his word, and to one another, and going where he tells us to go. And this is, today is going to be some practical things, some, I don't know, coaching, if you will, of of some practical things that we can do. For example, one of the reasons why we want to practice knowing people's names is because then their names is the, the people's name, your name. If I say, sup, dude, you know, or if I say, hey, what's up, Nick, right? Nick's like, that dude knows my name, rock and roll, right? It's a little bit different. I am amazed at how many Christians go through the self-checkout line at a store. Now, hear me out on this. I'm not opposed to self-checkout lines. A lot of people are like, oh, you shouldn't do self-checkout lines. Those are, those are taking people's jobs and everything. Man, I'm, I'm like not even concerned about those kinds of things. I'm concerned about the people's soul. How many people have ever been a cashier in a grocery store of any kind? How many people have worked in the service industry as a waiter or waitress or whatever, right? Like those are things, guys, that we have opportunities to name someone. Like they have name tags. There's no excuse for us not to know their name. So if I go through the self-checkout line because I got a Snickers bar and that's all I got and I'm in a hurry, right? Or if I have to wait 7.25 minutes in a checkout line so that I can get in front of Rebecca and go, Hi, Rebecca, how are you today? There's a difference, isn't there? That's how the. That's a little thing that people don't, don't even think about. But it's a missional way of thinking, a missionary mindset. It is incredible to me how many times people will bypass those things. Or even if they do go through the checkout line, they'll never say anything to the cashier. They'll all, the cashier will say, hey, did you find everything you need? Did you do this? Did you do that? And that kind of thing. Like, yeah, I think so. All right, whatever, you know, just check my stuff out. I got to go. But if we take the opportunity to say, hi, Rebecca, how are you today? All of a sudden they go, whoa. I was getting some keys made this past week over at Westlake Hardware in Gardner. And, you know, this whole missionary mindset is is something that comes more naturally to some people that are wired to be evangelists and things like that or wired to go talk to people and and things. But it's real, like, like there's no reason for us not to do those things. I was talking to a guy who came in and needed some keys made. Uh, I told him I had needed some keys made for the church and I totally forgot that I had told him that. So he was getting some keys made. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go pay for them real quick. And I came back and, you know, and, uh, and he, and I said, so, so how are you today, man? I did not know his name. He didn't have a name tag. He told me his name, you know, you guys may know him, so I don't want to blow his cover. But I started talking to him a little bit and, and, and he just started saying, so what church do you go to? I said, oh, dude, is it that obvious? I go to church, I don't have a Jesus shirt on, and I'm like. By the way, I don't. I'm not opposed to Jesus shirts. Don't don't get me wrong. But here's what happens: you put a sticker on your car, you put a Jesus fish on your car, you put uh, crosses on your shirts, that kind of thing, and, and and automatically walls come up when you're talking to somebody, don't they? I'm not opposed to them. I'm not saying you shouldn't. I'm just saying there are very many times people because here's this guy, right? He tells me, starts telling me about his cancer, and he tells me that he just got married tells me that he converted from Judaism, or to Judaism from Christianity, like starts telling me all these things, and I start asking him questions, oh man, dude, we love the Jewish people, man, it's awesome, fantastic, matter of fact, our church in Shawnee gives rent-free a Jewish, uh, or Messianic Jewish congregation, people that are are Jewish, that have converted to Christianity, an opportunity to meet on Saturday mornings rent-free at our Shawnee camps, we love you guys. So rather than me trying to convert him to my way of thinking, oh man, you shouldn't have done that. You know, he starts going, "Man, where's your church?" You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like, it's like, it, like it totally changes how we how we look at the, the the missional way of going about our day. Like we like, I could have just got key, just make my keys, bro. I've Got to go. Or we take the opportunity as he's making keys. It didn't take any even any more time, right? And God is the author of time anyway, so He will make things happen. I know that there. I'm not criticize being trying to be critical but i'm trying to say like take every opportunity to talk to anybody and open up a conversation you may not talk about jesus right but you may open up a conversation ooh and what happens if next week when you go cuz a lot of people go to the grocery store like pretty frequently and so what if you look for the same person that god leads you to and go to their checkout line even if there are 5 people in front of you Oh, no, I'm going to have to wait. It's going to take me 15 minutes to get through this. So what? We're all dead in 100 years anyway, right? What difference does it make? The question is, where do we go? Amen? New City Church, New City Mission. Does that make sense? Guys, what does it look like for us to be thinking on those kinds of, of terms? I was thinking about uh, Judy, my wife, this past week, and this is goes with people that are above you, like you're subordinate to these people. They are in authority of you. could be governing agencies or bosses. And it could be like people that are uh, serving you, cashiers, waitresses, whatever, plumbers that come to work on you, like you're the customer type of thing. And this this mindset of, of truly being missional goes both ways because neither person that is uh, in authority over you Or in authority, or you're in authority, and they're uh, the subordinate, or whatever—they're your employee. What? Neither of those tend to think or or expect you to care truly about them. If you say you care about this person that's in above you, you're doing it just to be, you know, uh, a a butt kisser or whatever. And if you're doing it, you know, if you like, nobody expects it to be genuine. But here's what my wife did, and I love this. She she works hard. She you know works at, at at you know at a company. Um, can I say it? Yeah, Russell Stover. Chocolate lady, yeah. <laughs> so she works at Russell Stover, right, in the corporate world. And um, she has done this and expressed this in both ways. There was a, a lady, she moved from a cubicle to an office this past week and that kind of thing. And there was a lady that after a couple of, she's uh, she uh, she's one of the uh, cleaning ladies. What do you call her? Because cleaning lady, she cleans up the office and that kind of thing. And this lady saw Judy and came up to her and said, Oh, I thought you left, right? I thought you left the company and gave Judy a big old hug. Now, Judy's, you know, ranking as far as the company goes. Judy's there, and 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 the, the that, that's not how God sees it. God says, For the lowly I will rise, right? He loves the lowly type, and so we've got to love it. And so Judy expressed love to her to the point where this lady who, on the ranking of the corporate scale, felt comfortable enough to hug Judy, who's higher in rank in the organizational chart by far. But yet because Judy showed her love, because Judy showed genuine love of her. Man, it's beautiful. Amen? That's incredible stuff. She also did this with her her boss. Like she, she and I, I was blown away by this week by what some of the stuff she was telling me. And she was calling me, like excited that this this custodian, this cleaning lady would come up and hug her and say, wow, this is, like, she, it was so cool. Here's what else she did. She goes to her boss and apologizes to her boss this week. Now, she's not been insubordinate. She's not done anything necessarily that would get her fired or anything. But she would, she looked at the boss and said, I haven't, I've had some bad feelings toward you and I apologize. You don't know about it, but I wanted you to be know. God has let me know, right, that, that, and has convicted me of this. And he, he's like, I guess he's crying and stuff like that. I said, like, like, are you kidding me? That just don't happen unless it's Jesus, right? And so she, not only does she go to her boss and apologize, she goes to her coworkers and apologizes for talking to them about her boss. That's ridiculous. What are you thinking, right, unless it's Jesus? This is how this works. Practical things. I was at the senior dinner this past week, and I was able to speak with a 70-year-old Buddhist. I mean, she was proud of being a Buddhist. I'm not saying, hey, and here's what she said, well, I'm really a Buddhist. And I said, well, I, I love Buddhists, man, you know? Now, she happened to know that I'm a pastor. By the way, that is a huge disadvantage when you start talking about missional thinking and going out as being a missionary as soon as somebody knows you're a pastor man they start hiding the beer quit cussing they're not themselves right like it's like I, like I, like if i'm with you please don't introduce me as your pastor to, to an un, to an unbelieving friend okay trust me like don't do it because as soon as they do so oh i'm sorry for cussing oh i'm sorry for the. Oh, like, oh man it drives me crazy like jesus went into the parties right got invited into the parties, showed people the love of God. It didn't, didn't go like, you need to quit cussing, you need to quit drinking, you need to do the Like, seriously, we got to be thinking like that. So do me a favor, if you would, don't, don't introduce me as your pastor. Just say, hey, this is a dude who goes to church with me or something, because I'll never say, I'm the pastor of New City Church. I am Reverend Carter. That just sounds weird, don't it? <laughs> it's just, everybody just went, ooh, that's just not right. Regardless guys of whether or not thousands of people move here, we are going to be on mission. We are going to answer that call because we're going to believe in him, not in any hype. See God has called us to be whole life missionaries and in the great commission Jesus who right before he ascended into heaven, this is after his resurrection. He says some things that are very radical to his disciples. Uh, In in Matthew 28, starting in verse 16, he says, The eleven disciples traveled to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped. I bet they did. Hey, we saw you dead, bro. Right? I mean, that's just incredible. It's ridiculous. But some doubted. Now, this isn't this whole, man, I don't know if this is really God. or not. That's not that kind of doubted we're talking about. They doubted because they were they were like going to be hunted as a result of their faith in Jesus, like the Roman guards were going to be coming after them. The Jewish people were going to be coming after them, their families were going to be rejecting them they couldn 't hold a, like, like couldn 't hold a job they their opinions and their testimony was not allowed in the courts they weren't allowed to step into certain parts of the temple because they had been. Blasphemers uh, and followers of, of Jesus. And so they doubted. They were like, Man, is this right? We're going about to go through a bunch of crap. And then Jesus came near and said to them, All authority, every single bit of it, has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, right? He's sending them wherever you go, wherever you are, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and, verse 20, teaching them to observe or obey everything I've commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the very end of the age. This great commission, think about it like this. This is a great co-mission with Jesus, who's with us all the time. It's His mission we're on. We're just with on it with Him. Amen? That make sense? Being a missional church body... Also, you know, and I've heard people say this uh, from, oh, so you've got to be more attractional or you know, a seeker-sensitive church. Being a church body is not the same as being a seeker-sensitive church. A seeker-sensitive church is a church that wants to get people's butts here on Sunday morning. And they'll do anything to attract people and that kind of thing. And, and that's not what it's all about. God has done some amazing thing, it, things by bringing people here, even though we speak the hard truths of Jesus. That's like not that like goes against what the most of many in the American church are trying to do. They're trying to bring people in, fill up the seats, and have all these kind of cool stuff and tell people what they want to hear, whatever their, their itching ears want to hear, and put them in these seats here, right? And so that we can everybody will look at us like, wow, you guys are really doing something good. And God's looking at it like, man, you guys are jacked up, right? See, we're not a secret sensitive church. Being on mission is many times thought of as synonymous with like serving the poor and the sick and visiting those in prison it's more than that it's a lot more than that amen like we can like atheists can go serve the poor right non-christian organizations all over the place go and feed the homeless and the hungry like if we don't if we do those things just so that people will look at us and say man you guys are awesome we're doing it for the wrong reasons. It is for their salvation and their discipleship. We can go reach people. It's more than spreading mulch. It's more than painting a building. It's more than going in and cleaning up houses. It is so that we can have the opportunity to talk to somebody about Jesus. We bake. We'll get emails for this. I know I am. Maybe a text today. We bake the stupid cake. Okay? Stop Fires me up, man. Stop demanding our rights and start being missional for Him. Bake the stupid cake and you have a conversation with somebody that needs Jesus. Amen? Now, if God says, lead you in a different direction, I I get that. And I'm not saying you got to put Satan's awesome on on a birthday cake or a wedding cake, but if somebody that you disagree with their lifestyle comes and asks you to do something for them, and you say, no, it's against my religious preferences, who has the conversation? The person that actually makes the cake or the person that that stands up for their rights? Come on, church, this hurts, right? Because we think a lot of ways, like, oh man, you know, those people. You don't think Jesus ran into gay people? You don't think gay people started following Jesus for who he is? He did. All kinds people came to know Jesus not because he stood up for his religious rights we got to stop like saying and posting stuff on Facebook man put prayer back in schools when we need to be repenting of the fact that we never were praying when we were able to in the first place when got to stop demanding that the Ten Commandments uh, remain where they are and start actually being obedient to the commandments in our hearts Amen? Those are the things, man. We can get so caught up on Facebook when Trump or Hillary or whatever is doing this or doing that or doing this or doing that. Brownbacks doing whatever. Guys, listen. How are we praying for our leaders rather than trying to tear them down? How are we doing it? Guys, as soon as I put a, a Trump sticker or a Hillary sticker or a... Feel the burn sticker or whatever on my car. I am separating myself from absolutely half the, half the people. That, I have no conversation with anybody. About three years ago, I was asked to speak at a political rally. Lots of bigwigs, I guess, were coming in to Gardner, and they said, hey, we need some evangelical-type people to come speak at this political rally. But we need family values, and we need this, and we need that. I just looked at the guy that was running the campaign and running the initiative. And I said, no, what we need is not family values. What we need is people that claim family values to actually live them out. See, I think that preacher's kids, honestly, one of the reasons, you know, you hear about preacher's kids being all jacked up. Not all of them, but a lot of them. Preacher's kids being all messed up, jacked up is because they see one thing on Sunday morning. Something totally different Monday through Saturday. Amen? I mean, this is what it means, man. Mission to your kids. Don't just, don't just claim this stuff. Live it out. And if you need to repent to even your kids, man, like, like do it. Say, I'm sorry, man. I messed up. I am, I've done this, man. But here's what we're going to do from this point on. Men, lead your families. Not with an iron fist, but with a heart of love. What direction? And this is what it means. Like when people start asking you, why do you do the things you do? Why do you actually care about people? And it opens up an avalanche of opportunities to talk to people. Being on mission is more than just getting people here. It's more than just feeding the poor. It's more than just looking like a Christian. It is actually in our heart. Seeing people the way God sees them as lost without him. And we get to not just reach them and help them to know Jesus. We actually get to walk with them, which I'm really appreciative of the group that's stepped stepped up and doing that that in our church. A great um, passage that I like to talk about every couple of months or so is is Isaiah 66 And Before I always ask it, I, I ask you guys, do you want favor from God? And you know I love answers, right? Do you want favor from God? See, if you don't, I, you'd be kind of crazy to say, I don't want favor from God. Well, God tells us the kind of people that he shows favor to very clearly in Isaiah 66. Then in verse 2, he says, my hand made all these things. And so they all came into being. This is the Lord's declaration. I will look favorably on this kind of person. And the F. Hutton people, whoa, yeah, right? That's showing my age, too. That's, that's an old commercial. Because he's saying, I, I will look favorably on this kind of person. Here it is. Has three characteristics. One who is humble, submissive in spirit, ultimately to God, but to other people in love, and trembles at my word. Like I know people that are humble, but they don't really tremble at the word. I know people that are submissive in spirit, but really, in essence, they're doing it on the outside and not the like there's a humility problem there. Very few people actually tremble at the Word of God. And if you know, I, we did a survey a couple of years ago about, you know, like how many times do you read the Bible uh, once a week? 80% of us churchgoers at New City Church do not read their Bible on their own. They have no fear, no trembling of it at all. Guys, get into it. Find out. Went out, didn't I? that back. Wiggled something, I don't know. Sorry. i got to preach like this the rest of the time? Okay. It's third service, buddy. It's going it's going downhill quick. Just understand what I've made I, I hope you don't think I've beat you up today, but I want us to stop demanding our Christian rights and start living on mission for Him submitting to him submitting to other people in love taking every opportunity making the most of what the scripture says making the most of every opportunity even if our christian brothers from the right or the left or whatever say oh no you shouldn't do that but if god says take every advantage take a- advantage of every opportunity take freaking advantage of it in freedom amen man it goes both those who serve us and those we are serving. And it goes regardless of the outcome. Regardless of whether or not somebody comes to know Jesus or not, we still we still open that line of communication, don't we? We don't say, oh, well, I did that. Nobody came to know Jesus. You were obedient. That's what we're supposed to do. Don't worry about the outcome. Don't demand anything. Jesus, when he was sending his people out in Luke 6, by the way, Luke 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, those chapters are fantastic when it comes to missioning, being missional. Fantastic when it comes to funding, when I talk about funding. Fantastic when it comes to this is the approach you're to take. Luke 6, starting in verse 27, says, But I say to you who listen, only to you who listen, Love your enemies. What? Love my enemies? Heck no. There is no greater thing for enemies to become brothers and sisters. That can only be Jesus. Do what is good to those who hate you. See all those people that are saying, you know, We can't do this, and we can't do that, and we can't do this, and we can't do that. And we sit there, and we get all mad and post on Facebook and share with your friends and all that kind of stuff. And we show no love to those who have shown us hate. All we've done is shown hate in the back. Heck yeah, man, that's right. We're going to show it back. We're going to take this country back. No, we're not. This country's going to go away. I hate to say it. I love America, man, but it's going away. There will be a new heaven and a whole new earth. And which side of the victory will we be on? Bless those who curse you. I don't think so. That don't come natural exactly. That's why it's a command. Everything that Jesus commands is not natural. That's why he has to tell us what to do. And if anyone, pray for those who mistreat you. I don't think so. Yeah. What happened happen if we actually all did it? Roman government officials could slap non-Roman citizens on the face, could make them, give them the coat, could make them carry things an entire mile. He said, if anyone hits you on the cheek, offer the other cheek also. And he's not saying, oh yeah, Is that all my grandma can hit better than that, punk. Not saying that at all. He's saying, turn it, man freak them out you're asking me to hit you again somebody says and if anyone takes away your coat don't hold back your shirt either are oh, you going to take my coat oh you're going to have my shirt too just take the shirt off and give it to them you can have that too sir what the early church radically transformed the roman empire not by fighting for their rights but giving up their rights to those who needed to know him. It's a totally weird, crazy, missional mindset, and it's going to take a miracle for us to change it because we've been taught something our whole life, something totally different. And if we're not careful, guys, if I'm not careful, I can fall back into this religious stuff that we makes us comfortable, or we can actually step into... Yeah, man, does it inflame some stuff for me when I hear stuff about religious persecution in our country? Yeah, it does. But Then I've got to intentionally pray for those who are persecuting me. And we've got to be praying for those that are persecuting because they don't know Jesus. And we may be their only hope to hear the gospel. Give to everyone who asks you. Now, keep in mind, some people guilt this scripture into thinking I got to give the homeless guy every time he asks me. This is in context of those in authority who have the right to take something from you. He says, "Give to everyone who asks you, and from one who takes your things, don't ask for them back." You gonna give that back? That's not yours. It's God's anyway. Who said it? God's anyway. Amen. It is God's anyway. That's the transformation. Just as you want others to do for you, do the same for them. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. If you do what is good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. It's easy to love somebody who loves me. The obedience comes when somebody hates me and I love them anyway. Right. That makes a statement to somebody. That opens up the conversation. Bake that cake for the people. Open up the conversation. Do those things for people that everybody says, oh you shouldn't have to do that and we do it anyway. You shouldn't have to give them your coat. You shouldn't have to let them slap you on the cheek. Are you kidding me? And Jesus is like, Let them do it, and let them do it some more. And guess what? After a while, they'll be like, why do you guys keep doing this? And we get to say, because we love Jesus and want you to know him too. Amen? Father, we love you. Man, you put up a lot of crap from us, I can tell you that. (laughs) It's amazing to me. It's how patient and loving you are with us. May we have a little bit of that with those who hate us. A lot of people think, oh, nobody really hates Man, they In essence, a lot of people do. And I'm afraid, Lord, that even in the American church people hate the real radical war that you've asked us to fight, and they won't do it. But God, may we reach the people, no matter how many in number there are coming to this town. There are 1,500, 1,600 people now. There are Thirty-seven hundred people working here in this town, Lord. There's a five thousand person mission field. What are we going to do? May you continue asking this question: Who will I send? And may we, at, may we answer? It will be us. And we love you, God. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for the favor you've given our church already. And may you feel comfortable. And trust us with your people and your mission. Love you, Lord. It's in your son's awesome and amazing name that we pray. Everybody in the house said.